Hey everyone, it's time to talk about New Year's. Oh yeah, the old year, the old year is almost over. Almost, just a couple of hours away, and already lots of people are kind of pissed because it seems like uh, again <laughs> the German population has gone berserk in buying probably another record sum of fireworks. I don't know exactly myself. I haven't watched the news lately, but I have seen some very, very bizarre pictures and uh, video uh, footage that someone recorded on their cell phone while jumping into one of these discount stores, like uh, Lidl, for example. And there was one video on TikTok in particular. I think it's real. It looks like it was in Germany. They all had the same kind of uh, salesman uniforms with their blue shirts and all that kind of stuff. And I saw some signs, you know, on, on, the, on, uh, on the ceiling, bargain bins and stuff like that, all in German language. And, of course, the, the uh, euro price. And you could see in one of these videos, um, I don't have the link here, unfortunately. I would, have, I would have shown you that. But it was really bizarre. It, it reminded me of the mayhem at Black Friday, especially in those days when Black Friday just begun and people pouring in the stores, pushing over, you know, stepping over each other, pushing people to the ground and just this, this, you know, elbow checking everyone uh, to the sides. And that was really, really extreme. And something similar like that I've seen somewhere in, I think, Berlin probably or some different part of Germany, but it's pretty uh, pretty awful at the moment and widespread this uh, phenomenon of going completely berserk and needing needing to buy uh, as much fireworks as possible. Nearby, my stores are sold out. They have no fireworks anymore. It's crazy. I've never seen this before. And in this video, like I said, you could see there was like a niche that they built up. They had bargain bins left and right to form a line um, that goes all around like a U. Uh, with, uh, I mean, we're talking three st straight sides or straight lines, but it was a U-shape and the entrance was actually to the warehouse. So they walked in, the personnel, inside this U-shape and outside of the U were all these customers spread and, and you know, just spread around this, this U all across these bargain bins. And they were shouting and screaming and waving, I need one, I need one, I need one pack. Everybody wanted some fireworks and in order to please most people so that not like in the first 10 minutes everything will be sold out to some crazy families out there they try to be fair and spread or share as much firework as possible to every customer standing there giving everyone something right that was a very bizarre scenery i have never seen something like this before in in germany it's it's sickening to me that stuff like this even exists you know, um, I'm not a fan of fireworks. I do like it when it's done professionally because the view is fantastic. But um, the individual freedom in Germany is something that drives me mad sometimes because everyone thinks they have the right to do this. And, and the privilege of spending a thousand bucks, if need be, on these fireworks. And there was even actually uh, footage from, from the cashier in that moment while checking out, scanning all the products. <laughs> they had to pay. They, they saw the, the digits on the machine. 
on the cash register, 1.1 thousand bucks for one customer buying all sorts of stuff. I mean, go fuck off. What's, What's wrong with you people? It's not enough to sit at home and just enjoy yourself with maybe friends and family. No, you have to buy this much? Really? God. I don't feel sorry for anyone blowing themselves up when shit like this happens, you know? It's too much. It really is too much. I, I even fear that there could be like all-out war in the big cities because I'm, I'm not sure why they bought that much fireworks in the first place. I don't, I don't trust any of this. I'm going to watch the news later on, uh, right before New Year's, and I want to see if I can actually get a glimpse of what's going on out there. And of course, maybe looking out my window because I have a nice view of the town in front of me, so I could at least see some nice um, popping of, of fireworks and stuff like that. But I don't want to participate in it myself. I don't want to spend any money on this stuff because it's I'm too old for this crap. I think when I was young, I enjoyed it. Okay, the, the best day of my life I, during New Year's, the best New Year's of my life was when I was uh, 16 or 17 years old and I had uh, two pretty good friends. One of, I mean, one I have lost contact to, the other one I still have contact, thankfully. And we were three, in the end, there was someone else joining us. We were four guys and our jackets were packed full of firecrackers and mostly firecrackers, all different sizes and, and, and you know, um, strength and volume, if you will, or the explosion. And it was freezing outside. It was like minus one, minus two, but we kind of just hung in there. We had something to drink. We were throwing firecrackers even uh, towards each other. I mean, not directly in the face, of course, but mostly in front of the feet or legs, and that was enough. <laughs> but it was it was really, really, really fun. We had a great chemistry back then. We just enjoyed everything, and we kept on blowing up firecrackers until 4 a.m. You know, that was the best New Year's uh, party I have ever had in my life. Nothing ever came close because we just liked each other very much. And uh, we paid all, I think, the same amount of, of money for these fireworks, which wasn't really that much. I could pay it with my pocket money. And, and you know, I didn't have a job back then, at least not not this kind of job, not in terms of making money. I was working in... Um, I was working part-time at a computer uh, shop, uh, repairing and building computers for customers, and I sometimes got hardware for free back then because I was too young to get paid, and I stayed with these guys for a while. And when I asked if they could actually pay me, and they said, nah, we can't, that's when I left. And uh, I just had my school work then. And um, yeah, well, anyway, it was, it was a different time back then. It wasn't that expensive. It was all, you know, way, way before any kind of uh, huge in inflation explosion going on in the economy. But this is what I remember that is fun. When you're young, you can do stuff like this because it's it's like an opportunity to just explore uh, this this type of celebration and the fireworks and, of course, safety issues that come with it. Um, I was never too too stupid to hold these these things in my hand and just you know letting them just just pop or be completely distracted and forget that the thing is actually burning in my hand. Thankfully, I've never done stupid things like that. Uh, 
But uh, I've seen injuries, and this year there will be much more injuries because I think with this hype going on, people losing their minds over buying uh, like tons and tons of fireworks until they're sold out, that doesn't mean anything good. You know, I, I see lots of danger going on here, and uh, I am predicting many casualties tonight, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe nothing's going to happen. Who knows? Aside from that, this podcast will only contain some minor updates because I'm not really doing anything <clears throat> productive at the moment. During the holidays, I didn't... Um, I was watching mainly movies. I watched an Alfred Hitchcock movie that I've never seen before called Vertigo. Um, I did like it, but it was kind of slow, the movie. I, it had some some good moments, but I don't think it's like the movie is being praised too much, I think. There is not really... I mean, for its time, it was probably spectacular, but from, from today's point of view, I think that movie is rather weak. You know, it, it is entertaining, and the acting is pretty solid. I, I love the cast, but it's I, I don't think this, this kind of style is my thing. I do like 50s movies, though. One of my favorite movies from that time period is 12 Angry Men, uh, which is a masterpiece and never bored me one second when I started watching it. The concept is brilliant. If you haven't watched it, watch the original. There's a remake done, I think, sometime in the 1980s or 1990s. Forget that one. Watch the original. That's really worth it. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case you're wondering, I am drinking... Um, before. I wanted to start cooking, but I thought I, I might make, make another podcast, the last one for this year, and enjoy a few drops of a rum from Philippines called Don Papa. It's, it's a rather, it's a quite sweet, honey-tasting rum. Um, there are different variations of this one. I bought the cheapest one, to be honest. It's like 30 bucks. But it's it's a pretty darn good rum. I don't drink rum that much, but this one is really good. There are better ones. I think um, Deris is um, the best rum I've tried so far. Anyway, enough about that. Um, other updates that I could tell you about is my novel is coming a bit forward. I was slightly productive with that. The first half of, of the book is pretty much finished. I just need a couple more pages and this thing is done. And then I continue with the uh, stronger fantasy elements of the book. Hopefully that's going to come around nicely. And hopefully I can be a bit faster with that one next year to finish the whole thing and polish those pages and the chapters and see how far I can get. Um, aside from that, we should be talking about Peter Gabriel. Oh yeah, because I'm holding in my hand, if you can hear me dribbling here, the uh, CD version of the uh, three-disc version, if you will. It's it's the bright side, dark side mix, and the inside mix. And I gotta say, um, I think from most songs that I've I've heard, I think the bright side is my favorite. That's basically because of the. Um, the added bass tone to it. There's a bass line in some songs that is so strong. Um, I'm a sucker for that. And 
it accompanies Peter's voice perfectly, I think. You know, it doesn't work in all songs, and some songs sound in the dark side a bit better, like The Court. Uh, the Court is, I think it's more personal in the dark side mix. In the, in the bright side mix, they've added some some violent sounds there, some strings in the background in, in some cases to make it more dramatic, I guess, or more more poppy maybe, I don't know. It, it doesn't work for me though. It's It still sounds uh, perfectly, or at least beautifully, but I do prefer the dark side one. I think Panopticon is, um, from all the tracks on this album, I think Panopticon is my least favorite. Um, I know it's supposed to be the single, but I think it's the weakest song of the bunch because it is trying too much to be um, a rock and roll, rock and roll mainstream song, and the topic is great. That much is true. I think there is nothing wrong with that. The lyrics are just fine, but the sound overall is. It was a welcoming surprise to hear it when I heard it the first time, and I was hoping that the rest would just be like on par or better. And of course, I was not disappointed. The other songs are actually better. My favorite song of the album is. Four Kinds of Horses, that song is great. It has a vibe like, uh, some parts of it is like Digging in the Dirt or uh, Darkness. It has, um, it, it's not that creepy like Darkness, of course not, but it's a very laid back, chill, chilly song, I would say, especially in the Bright Side mix, which is my favorite. Uh, the bass is just exactly what it's supposed to be. It sounds like a chill out song, a modern version of a chill-out or rock chill-out uh, mix, if you will, with fantastic Peter Gabriel vocals. I, I love this song. I played it so often, it's really great. But um, the other songs... Well, let's start from the, from, from the beginning again. Panopticum first, then The Court. Then comes the, the great, uh, spectacular, epic track, Playing for Time. I.O., which is also very... Uh, unique and very personal as well. Four Kinds of Horses, my favorite. Uh, Road to Joy is my second favorite, I think. Or maybe third favorite, I can't decide. Uh, so Much is a very, very personal song where it just gets really down to the fact there's only so much you can do in, in, in a lifetime. And the track touches that that subject very well. And it sounds beautifully. It almost breaks my heart listening to it. Olive Tree is one of those more surprisingly poppy songs. It is probably the most positive one on the album. Uh, Road to Joy is super positive by by topic, of course, which is a fact. But the sound of Olive Tree and the lyrics are a bit more positive. I think it's neutrally positive because in, in, in Road to Joy, where he's singing about someone who has waken up from coma so there's a tragedy there in the background, but out of that tragedy comes joy because we can, we or the person, can experience life again, anew. And the, the experience is different. It's much more intense. It's like you know you've been alive, but you forgot almost. You have just vivid memories of the past and you start re-experiencing and rediscovering life again. So that is, of course, a very interesting uh, subject in and of itself. But Olive Tree is more like this, this, this grounded, I am connected again to nature, to everything 
that the universe or that this world is made of. And right there in between, I feel so alive because of it. That's at least my personal interpretation of what the song could possibly mean or what it means for me personally. Then there is um, Love Can Heal, which I heard live, uh, thankfully, which was um, a blast to, to hear. But my favorite version is actually the older one, when he introduced it the first time around with uh, Sting on tour in North America. Um, his vocals were, were better. I like the fact that Peter starts to sing or scream almost, quite loudly with a lot of uh, power and weight in his voice uh, that love can heal. And that is a perfect climax in the, in the song that I could just not forget. It's like uh, when you remember um, Signal to Noise from the Up album, which is probably the most one of the most important songs of the album and of his career. Um, I remember Signal to Noise being uh, played for the first time on Amnesty International on one of these tours together with uh, Yusu Indur. That version is my favorite. That moment when Peter just goes wild and, and you know, screams signal to noise. Yeah, that's fantastic. It makes my skin crawl. It's that good. That's my first personal, absolute favorite version of, of the song. And it will always be, I guess. After Love Can Heal, we got this uh, very interesting love song a ballad almost, called This Is Home. It's not so much a ballad, really. It's more, um, it's not dramatic enough to be a ballad, I think. But This Is Home is a very personal one, again, where he just addresses the person that he loves the most. Not by name, directly, of course, but um, it's a very touching song that just uh, clarifies what he feels, where he belongs, and that this person that he's together with is the key for that. It's, of course, a topic that everyone sings about, but when Peter does it, it's always something very special when that happens. And still, is that's the song that I had the most struggle with listening to, I think. It, um, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's a very personal and great song, again, just like the last one, Live and Let Live. Um, it's, uh, it, I always thought it's, it's more a song about his mother and less about time, but according to Peter, I think, I think he sees it that way, that it's more about time, and somewhere in that song is, is like um, remembering his mother in the old days when he was younger, uh, back in, in, in a time when everything was still fine. Hmm. Damn, that's good, Rome. Well, Live and Let Live, I have to keep listening to that track a couple of times. I haven't listened to it that often, and I haven't listened to both mixes, I think. I only listened to, gosh, I think it was the Dark Side mix. They were both because of um, uh, the fact that the album would be released just a couple of days later. Um, they released both mixes at the same time, but I think I only listened to the Dark Side mix. My bad. Um, I don't think that both uh, tracks uh, differ very much from each other since most tracks really do sound almost the same. There are just minor tweaks in terms of uh, bass and how much Peter's voice is in the forefront or just being like over, washed over with other sounds. Um, not that it's a bad thing. I personally like most tracks, especially the faster poppy ones, in the bright side mix a lot better because 
I really, I can't stress it enough. There is this this reverb sound that that is used like a bass line. I think in "Road to Joy," there is this this bridge that Peter sings with fantastic lyrics. When you listen to that, um, the the sound in the background carries Peter's voice in that track so well. It's so energetic. It's so powerful. Um, I love listening to that. It's so much fun, especially in the car when you like you know blast it all the way up. It makes my day, man. That's exactly what I want. But uh, there's so much to discover in this album. I'm gonna uh, revisit uh, the tracks over and over again. I'll make um, from these discs. I'm gonna make my own personal uh, copies for uh, an SD card for my car. And because I don't have a disc player in my car, I don't need to in this day and age. Come on, everyone has like Bluetooth or an SD card reader, USB sticks, this kind of stuff. That's how you do it mostly, or you just you know you access it through your phone and listen to Spotify or whatever it is that you prefer. I talk to this kind of stuff to my doctor, and my doctor is a complete nut about Spotify. He pays for it with a smile on his face and enjoys everything that he can find, including Mr. Gabriel. So, um, my resume about that, my, my opinion about the album is, I think, that it is much better than the Up album. Maybe not too much. It's not like we're overshadowing the Up album too much. I personally love the Up album for its darker nature. I really do. But the sound here is richer. Um, the... The, the writing of the tracks are a bit, let's say, more sophisticated in, in the new album, as well as the recording quality is just superb. It doesn't, it sounds like they really, really tried to capture this uh, live and alive feeling of playing the music together while recording. While the Up album sound, sounds more mechanical, as if it was just mixed in a studio and everything just fell into place and they were never really together in the studio to begin with. I don't know if that's true, but that's how it sounds like. So some people took issue with that. Others didn't like the fact that he was singing too much about death. I personally don't mind that. But um, I think that's the, the, the topic about death and suffering and loss and grief. That's just something that is always in the strong suit of Gabriel's um, audio arsenal, if you will. Okay, that's something that he's known for, especially to fans. I mean, it's not all just, you know, fun and games and shining around and joking about sex when you listen to Sledgehammer or uh, about fame and fortune making, you know, ripping off others over big time and stuff like that. There's a darker vibe that accompanies Gabriel's music all the way through. From uh, the first album with Here Comes the Flood, for example, or um, Excuse Me. Even Salisbury Hill, which is considered to be a very positive song, but the, the story he talks about, the topic, is quite serious. You know, it's letting go of the past and welcoming the future. It's, um, he, he does it in a very playful way. The sound is, of course, uh, such that it cannot be forgotten. It's like a, a legend in the music industry now, and a classic. And um, it just showcases what Gabriel is capable of and what he was thinking back then when he left Genesis. Um, the second album is filled with a lot of sadder stuff, like um, uh, 
Um, <laughs> wait, let, let me let me think about that. Oh, I can't remember that that title. Shame on me for not remembering. I think uh, White Shadow is one of those tracks that that have a very melancholic feel to it. Then you have, of course, um, Exposure, which is a very bizarre track, but it still does the job. Uh, you have um, Mother of Violence, which is, of course, a very serious track, a very sad one, and Home Sweet Home, for example. You know? So it keeps on... It, I think I've said this before, the second album was one of the weakest that was sold during his career and it wasn't marketed very well and there was nothing really you know um nothing really doing the job like like uh tr attracting attention from audience there was nothing that was really pulling people in so uh, understandable though it's not a bad album it's just really not i think too much serious stuff at a time where people probably didn't want to hear that from him i guess you know also, production was a mess, I think. But then you have the third album, which is probably considered by many fans uh, like an absolute masterpiece, the pinnacle of, of Gabriel's career before he went into the more uh, world music type from the Security album, the fourth one. And then you got your soul stuff. You know, when soul came out, it was a different deal. You had Red Rain that just blasted on radios back then. Of course, Sledgehammer, big time. Then you had Don't Give Up with Kate Bush, which was a sensational song at the time. Still is today. And um, in between, you had something, you had this, this piece of art that was so sad and yet so good. That was Mercy Street. You know, and that is exactly what Peter is known for to fans. This, this serious undertone of suffering and pain and misery and despair. Not, not all the time, of course, but if he does it, it's so monumentally strong. It, it shakes the ground on which you walk on. That's how good he is. And it kept on growing to me personally with his, with his unmatched, unparalleled album, Us. It is my absolute favorite. Uh, still today and I haven't been listening to any of those tracks for a while I've been just focusing on the IO album uh, listening to those tracks over and over again because come on after 21 years we can be happy that he is doing so great in creating these masterpieces on an album that we have been waiting for so long and we fu we finally got it excuse me I've seen him live I paid a great sum of that and he deserves every penny I just um, I'm looking forward to the next year to maybe uh, listen to more stuff because I was told, thanks to the media and to an, in, to an interview I've read with Gabriel where he said that he has a lot more tracks that could be ready within the next couple of years probably or maybe sooner depending on, well, Gabe's personal interest and situation. Is he actually in his age right now still interested in pushing out more songs? Does he want to go on tour again, or does he want to just stay home for a while, be a, be a family man? If that happens, I fear that he might, you know, take a break for too long, get distracted too much with other projects, and then we're not going to listen to anything new from him again. But I'd like him to stay in the spotlight for a while longer and hopefully listen to some new material along the way. That would mean a lot to 
<clears throat> to, to all of us, really, you know. Anyway, I'm just happy that he's doing fine. He's doing much, much uh, better than I expected. I saw him live, you know, jumping around. He's, he's, he's old, he's over 70, but he's doing well. And I like that. I love the fact that he can still enjoy his life with his beautiful wife and his kids and just, you know, with all the friends, his band, his band members, and continue to surprise his audience. And rightfully so, because this album did everything pretty damn well. And I think it's right on par with the Us album, although I think the Us album is a bit more, uh, I think uh, uh, slightly more sophisticated with more serious topics and more emotion overall and much more personal of course and we're never going to get another album like that for sure but the io album is really really close and um i i just enjoy this I'm, I'm happy that this works out for him i'm happy for the positive feedback that he got the media coverage uh the fact that he was now for three weeks i think on in the uk on uh, with the album charts number one he well-deserved. Unfortunately, not in other countries all that much, um, but that's okay. He's, he's not the uh, multi-billionaire superstar that can stand right next to Taylor Swift because of the fame, of course, but his creativity and genius overshadows many other artists, and we all know this, and other people have, has, have of course, acknowledged that fact as well, even many wealthy celebrities. That being said... I'm not going to do that much today. I'm just going to wait for um, the clock to finally hit the nail. That fine line when we jump into 2024, which is a normal day like any other day, but we can at least stay home one more day. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to look out for some tragic stuff. I think uh, there might be some more... Um, some evil things cooking up in society. Germany at the moment is not doing too good as it is and as we speak. Um, many people are angry, basically because um, there is or there has been a lot of violence, surprisingly a lot, a lot of violence and protests against police forces last Sylvester, last New Year's. And some people are predicting that this could happen again in Berlin. Um... The police have been stacking up, getting more personnel, um, I think even more weaponry to some degree, and they want to be very strict. If someone is breaking the law or trying to attack people, they want to take them down immediately to uh, hopefully get the situation under control in case such a thing will happen. You know, organized crime on the streets, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. The only thing I could tell you about my personal life, the last update, was I wanted to talk to you about uh, some news about Mike, the, um, the, the, an old friend of mine. Today, not a, really a friend. He's more like a nuisance, to be honest. But that's the guy I was talking about where his, his wife um, made his life miserable because she's a diehard Christian and tried to force him into this uh, the same strict lifestyle to please Jesus Christ, and he didn't play along that well. So he moved out. He's living alone uh, with his father. His mom died, as far as I know. And um, 
I tried to stay in contact with him, and we tried to, you know, make another meeting. We, we tried to set a new date to talk, and we did this over and over and over again, and he stood me up every single time. So I kind of had enough for now. I'd take a break. If he's not willing to just do what needs to be done and give me the fucking details that I've been asking for, I'm going to leave him alone for a while. That's, it's not up to me to make that choice. He needs to figure out what the fuck's going on in his life. He needs to, you know, clear out his mess. In case I'm, I manage to get something out of him, I'm going to report about the, uh, about the details. <clears throat> For some reason, my voice is breaking up more often these days. I don't like that. Could it be the rum? No, nah, I don't think so. Um... Yeah, that one is, is like, that's on hold. Mike is God knows where. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was Bumble, this dating app when I tried it out. I forgot to mention that uh, during my last podcast when I talked about Bumble, 24 hours later I terminated my account and deleted all information. Um, I'm not only disappointed at the overall opportunities that you find because there is none the members of those platforms are just highly highly delusional they don't live in the real world and it's just always the same it's not necessary for you to use these apps i i did it to to clarify if i'm right or wrong do i find what i was i was fearing to find or would i be positively surprised but i was disappointed instead and Lesson learned. Don't don't use these apps. Just don't. Fuck it. Go in a cafe if you really want to meet somebody, or go to some kind of event, or an, an, uh, like an, an, an art uh, gallery, or whatever. You, you'll find someone for sure, but in these apps, forget it. I'd rather burn my phone than do that again. So, so much for that kind of stuff. Like I said, this was just going to be a small update and a, not a farewell, but maybe a, a wish you good luck in jumping into the uh, the next new year. I hope you can celebrate. I personally am going to avoid any kind of celebration. I didn't do anything during Christmas either. Either I was just watching movies and playing games, to be honest. Because why not? I need a time off. And I'm going to get back to my computer again and keep playing something that I just started, like the old game Fallout New Vegas once again. I'm kind of a sucker for that game. It's just really well done. I wish you all the best. Okay, stay safe out there. If you have bought firecrackers, be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Just enjoy what it's designed to do and enjoy the moment. And uh, I'll be here next year once again talking my ass off about the things that we do to each other or about good music maybe for a change my artwork who knows i'm kind of lazy at the moment but you know to each their own i wish you a good trip guys have a happy new year and see you soon or hear you soon bye bye <laughs>